All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of Home and Commercial Services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're... you're you're doing it wrong. Like you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to obviously his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keely at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at Holland hcs.com you can look up holland home and commercial services on instagram for daily tips and more or you can check out their website hollandhcs.com we have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOWS, T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I, with the toes. <laughs> <laughs> or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Or you can always call me and I'll cook for them. It's, it really, it's a it's a great way to love people. That journey started early in his beloved granny's kitchen. She was the one that, you know, was always cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She was a Southern belle. She made everything taste good, and I didn't always, sorry, Mom, get that at home. <laughs> but uh, granny taught me how to cook, and 
I've never looked back from that. James is a Fox 6 Good Day Alabama monthly contributor. It's one of the honors of my life. I love cooking on TV. I love hearing the feedback. I love going in there and having people email me and ask questions. It's just, it's fun. And his peanut butter cobbler recipe was featured on the Food Network show Carnival Eats. That was kind of a big deal. I mean, it was... uh, I don't like I got paid for it, but it was a lot of exposure and it was really fun. Head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing. CrossFit Mophobia is owned and operated by Hayden Setzer. Hayden has a degree in exercise science and wellness with a minor in coaching. She is CrossFit Level 2 certified and Precision Nutrition Certified. CrossFit Mophobia is located at 222 Decatur Highway in Gardendale, Alabama. Email CrossFitMophobiaInfo at gmail.com or call or text 256-303-1873. Or you can look up everything she does on Facebook and Instagram. CrossFit Mophobia. Hey guys, Team Jones here. We're excited about the fun new things we're doing this fall. Our part of the Straight Out of Prison podcast is wrapped up, but we're using this platform to tell other people's straight out of prison stories. Season 8 is about Joseph, my all time favorite straight out of prison story. Our YouTube channel has added the first three seasons of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. And even if you've listened to all of them, check out the video format to see behind the scenes, pictures, and a whole lot more. And while you're there, please hit the subscribe button. It's 100% free. It won't cost you anything, but it will help us reach our goals to reach a larger audience. Hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss a recipe or a podcast. On the cooking front, head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to check out what we are doing this fall as far as food goes. We'll also put all that in the show notes. Please support our sponsors. They help us provide this platform for free. And remember, you can hear their personal stories on our For Real Real platform. Thank you for your support and thanks for being a part of our story. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Straight Out of Prison podcast. My name is James K. Jones, and I'm here to tell you a straight out of prison story. And this is Haley Jones, and I've never been to prison, but I'm here to help him tell the story. Hey now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that, since we've stopped telling our story and we've got the new opening, something about it doesn't seem quite, it doesn't marinate the ears quite as much as the other one did. Marinate the ears. (laughs) Well, speaking of the prison thing, it was so funny. So we did a wedding this last weekend. Yeah. And a guy that, it was actually our neighbor, so our kids came at the end just to be able to dance and play. Yeah. And one of the guys at the wedding, one of the attendees who I didn't know from Adam, heard me say, Judah, Judah, come here. (laughs) And um, he was like, oh, Judah, that's a strong name. That's a strong name. And so, like, later when we, you know, he, like, I just kind of saw him in front of me. I was like, yeah, you know, you said Judah was a strong name. It's kind of a neat story, actually. Like, my husband was in prison and and actually got saved in prison and, um, like, knew when he just started studying that Judah was going to be his son's name. And he looked at me, he was like... Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. I don't know really what to do with that information. Or was how. it the guy that did the wedding? <laughs> no, it was just a random guest. Yeah, you but it be- was just funny. Like later, I thought, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but I thought I think it's just kind of a neat story. But <laughs> your mom at our wedding reception, your mom came up to me. She's got a cousin that's married to a big judge somewhere in South Alabama. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know his name. He had on a seer sucker suit. George. George. <laughs> and she like whispered in my ear and she was like, James, is it okay if I don't tell them you've been in prison? <laughs> I said, Mom, Lou, you don't have to tell anybody I've been in prison. It's not my identity. It's like something that happened, but it's not who I am. My mom was like, let's just get the timing right on this. <laughs> we need to keep that away from George. Oh, so funny. <laughs> he might be judgmental. All right, Joseph, we're... Back here. Okay, so you told me right before we turned the mics on that this is a sex episode. Well, there's just a lot of sex in this part of the story. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Okay, let's talk about it. Well, let's do a quick recap where we left off. Okay. Joseph uh, had been sold into slavery by his brother. He was purchased by a man named Potiphar, who was a very high-ranking official in the Egyptian government, and he brought Joseph in as a slave, but eventually, over the course of time, turned all his household affairs over to him because he recognized that God was with Joseph and anything that Joseph touched was golden. Mm -hmm. So Joseph ended up being just running things. Yeah. And um, that's where we left off last time. Mm -hmm. But then we left a little teaser that over the course of this time, which was about a decade, most scholars agree this was about a 10-year period. Somewhere during this time, Potiphar's wife got her eyes on Joseph, and she wanted some of that good Hebrew stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain to me, you say good Hebrew stuff, like the difference in looks between the Hebrews and the... Egyptians? Egyptians, yeah. Because Egyptians, I know we talked about, did the like makeup stuff and were real extra with all like the gold bracelets and things. Yeah, well, they wore little dresses and plucked their eyebrows and put on makeup. And... Okay, all of that. But like, was there a difference in skin tone or like, you know, like, for example, Maybe. us versus the Chinese? Chinese always have dark hair, you know, yeah. a little darker skin like you. I mean, was there a difference, do you know? I'm your... not Chinese. I'm not, no, I mean like the Greek. I the, was making different. Yeah, okay. the Greekness. The Greekness, okay. <laughs> um, was there a difference in their like skin tone or whatever between the Hebrews and the Probably. Egyptians? The Egyptians are North Africa, so they would have been a little bit darker. Okay. Um, if you look at like, they didn't have like pictures from that era except little like where they would do like chalk drawings on the walls. Right. But they do have like uh, sarcophaguses that they made of their rulers when they died. What's a sarcophagus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. A sar- <laughs> did you even say that right? Sarcophagus. Yes, I did. Okay. If I don't know a how to say it, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> sarcophagus. <laughs> it was a uh, basically a casket when they died. Yeah. But they the outside of it, was made in their likeness. Okay. So when their and one of their pharaohs died, pharaohs just another word for king. So uh, like King Tut is probably the most famous one that's ever been found. Mm-hmm. They would do a complete like rendering of their facial features, and you know. But weren't the sarcophagus? Okay. Just <laughs> was say. it wood or was it like would it be the same color? I mean, that you'd be able to tell coloring or anything. No, they're mostly like gold, and oh, they're okay. very ornate, very... Uh, anyways, you're taking me down a trail. Oh, well, okay, I was just curious. Bottom line, well, When you they said had... that she wanted some of the good Hebrew stuff, <laughs> I was wondering if he was like a different look than Probably her husband. Probably, because if you look at the sarcophaguses, many of the... <laughs> Many of the rulers, they were, North, it was North Africa, so it was probably a blend of the races, but they had like bigger nose, like Africans, so that probably, probably there was some difference. So he had a smaller nose. <laughs> I don't know. Joseph. I don't know about noses, but I know that the the Bible says that he was very handsome, very good looking, 
like when he came into a room, people noticed he was there. Okay. So he was obviously He was fit. looking good. Wait, what do you call that? Boof? What do you call it? Buff. <laughs> Boof. Where have you been that you don't know that's a word? <laughs> that's If that is a word, that is not a word that one man would use for another man ever. <laughs> like you would never say, oh, hey, bro, you're looking buff. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh... He was smoking. He stood Joseph out. Joseph was smoking. He stood out. But by this time, he would have adopted their culture of, you know, like putting on the makeup and plucking the eyebrows and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not, because it said he had on a robe. So I don't know. Yeah. I digress. We're digressing. Okay. So she wanted some of the good Hebrew stuff. Bottom line is she started, she got her eyes on him and she started dropping little hints and, you know, there was some... Uh, sexual tension in Potiphar's house because okay. of Joseph being there. How are you reading into that? I mean, how do you know that? What does it say? Because I read the Bible. I know, but what, like, it doesn't say there was sexual tension. Well, it says that she noticed him, that she was into him, and she started propositioning him. Actually, the actual Bible says she said, come in my bed and lie down with me and make love to me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's sex. Egyptian women were pretty forward, in other words. <laughs> that is that is what you call sex <laughs> or sexual tension. The tension was because he's, he always said no. He said, mm-hmm. I can't, uh-uh, I'm not going to be doing all that. And But before we go any further with that, there's an interesting... Um, Probably one of the most bizarre chapters in the whole Bible, especially in the book of Genesis, that takes us back to his brothers. That's also a sexual story. (laughs) Okay, what is that sexual story? Right in the middle of this, there's a whole chapter devoted to Judah, who is one of the elder sons of Jacob. Mm Mm-hmm. I like these sex stories. Like what? <laughs> I said I like these sex stories. Well, it's <laughs> very. I mean, it would be hard exciting. to populate the earth without <laughs> some haha going on. Okay, but uh, the significance of Judah—he was not the eldest son. But we talked about this in the episode where we talked about Jacob. That when he got ready to die, he had held on to his anger at his oldest son Reuben for having sex with his concubine. Right. That when it was time for him to give the blessing and give the words of what. You know what your legacy is going to be? He told Reuben, "You weak as water." <laughs> Who told Reuben that? Their father, Jacob. Okay. And but when he got to Judah, he said, "Judah, you're my son. You're a, you're a lion. Like you're going to be the leader. You'll be the one. How to say it? Um, all your relatives will serve you, and the scepter shall not depart from you until the one that belongs comes." Or Hebrew says, "Till Shiloh comes." I've never really figured out what that meant, but it was talking about Jesus. So that's the significance of. Dropping Judah's story in there, because if you go forward four or 5,000 years later, the reason that God chose Abraham and his family to make a covenant with was to bring Jesus into the world, and Jesus would come through the line of Judah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the significant part, why they had to you know, take us away from Joseph to talk about what Judah did, which was just as much of a mess. <laughs> so is the sex part of that story what Reuben did? No. Oh, okay. What's the sex part of that story? So in ancient Hebrew culture, if you had a son and he got married and he died before he had kids, it was um, the next brother in line had to take her and produce offspring for his brother. So Judah's oldest son married a lady named Tamar, and then he died before he had kids. Something happened to him. And then he passed him off to the next son. And then the next He passed Tamar off to the next son. Yeah, because that was just what you did. Mm Mm-hmm. And then something happened to that son. He died. And then I think it was the third son. His name was Onan or Omar. I can't remember. 
the name. The name's not so significant. But he didn't want her. He was like, I'm not going to be doing all that. So I said He's like, well, two of my brothers have been, you know, (laughs) busy with her, so... Yeah, but in them days, you do what Daddy said do. Daddy said, you take Tamar and you make offspring for your brother. Like, he was very harsh with him. Mm -hmm. And so he went in and did the thing with her. Had sex. Yeah. (laughs) But he... It says that, basically, that he pulled out. (laughs) And spilled his seed. Where does it say that? It's in the book of Genesis. Read it. It's Well, it doesn't say he pulled out, (laughs) but we know that's what it means. It says that he took his seed and squirted it on the ground. I mean, He said he took his seed and squirted it on the ground. I'm going to need a reference for this. (laughs) It's the book of Genesis. Go read it. It's fascinating. (laughs) But then it says that the Lord was mad at what he did, so he killed him. So this is where we get the religious idea that if you masturbate, you're going to go to hell. And be killed. This is a very interesting <laughs> information. Actually, only place in the Bible that ever talks about masturbation. That is the scripture that youth pastors use to tell young boys, like, don't <laughs> don't touch yourself. You're going to go to hell. God's going to hate you. But um, truth be told, if you're a man, you've masturbated at some point. I mean, as a young man, grown man. I mean, it's just, it's how we're made. I think we're going to need to flag this episode for, like, (laughs) sexual content. We can, (laughs) if you want to. Okay, so go ahead. (laughs) So after three of his sons got wiped out, Judah took Tamar and said, go home to your mom, and I'll I'll holler at you when my other son gets old enough because he was too young to get married. But his intention was... Um, she done killed three of my sons. Obviously, she got a curse on her or something. Something. I mean, she ain't getting another one of my sons. So she sent her. He sent Tamar home to live with her mama and daddy or whatever, however they did it back in those days. And somewhere during the course of that time, the son became of age, and he didn't offer to marry her. To Judah didn't offer his other son to be his fourth son. Yeah, to be the one to do the. You know, he was just jaded. Right. Like we're not gonna do that. So Tamar, she must have been like similar to you because she hatched a plot. Like she was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm not going to be sitting <laughs> at my mom's house for the rest of my life. So she dressed up like a prostitute. I don't know how the prostitutes dressed in those days, but obviously however they were dressed, it told you they were a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And Judah was traveling from one city to another and she knew he was coming that way. So she put herself out on the side of the road and was like, hey, come get you some of this. And as he was coming by, he noticed her. Obviously, she must have had to have her face covered or something. Yeah, I think it does say she had her face covered. For him not to know who she yeah. was. So anyways, he uh, tried to go in her little tent and do the, do the stuff. And, have sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she asked, how are you going to pay me? And he said, I, I don't got my wallet with me right now. You know, I'll take care of you. So she said, well, give me your ring and your staff till you give me your money. And I'll hold that like as a pledge, you know, like you would, what's that, like a security deposit or something? Right. But I remember reading this, like reading this story and yeah. like for someone to give, in his case, the ring and the staff was like a huge yeah. deal. So you knew he would be back to get it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was obviously worth way more than what he would pay her for a, a quickie or whatever they did. For a one-time session. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when he left... She left, and then he sent one of his servants back with his staff, with the with the money to get his staff and his ring. And when the servant got there, he was like, there ain't nobody here. And he was like, yeah, she was on the side of the road in this such and such a place. 
And so he went back and was like, you know, where, there was the prostitute that was up on the road. And they were like, we don't have no prostitutes up on the road. I don't, we don't even know what you're talking about. So fast forward six months or so, she, she became pregnant and started showing. And when she started showing, they came to Judah. Hold on, pause. She became pregnant that night. She slept with Judah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So they came to Judah and said, your daughter-in-law, Tamar, she's a bad girl. She's nasty. She's been out doing the nasty. She's supposed to be in mourning, and now she's pregnant. And he said... Uh, have her brought to me. I'm gonna, we're going to set her on fire or hang her or something. He was going to have her killed. And because it's one of the things they did in those days, like if you brought disgrace upon your family, it was, I don't know, it was a brutal world, mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially in that culture and especially for women. So he was going to have her killed and he commanded them, you know, bring her to me and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And instead of her coming, she took the staff in the ring and she said, give this to him and tell him this is the man who's the father of my babies. <laughs> wow so judah was like oh shit <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he realized that prostitute that he slept with was actually tamar yeah and, and the baby was his yeah so wow <laughs> what do we do now jokes on you judah <laughs> but he actually said he had like a change of mind he realized you know, she was doing the right thing because I was not doing what I was supposed to do and giving mm-hmm. her my other son. And uh, he ended up marrying her. And He married her? Yeah. Sorry, I act like I've never read the Bible. <laughs> but I didn't. I mean, maybe I forgot that part. And okay. then she, she gave birth to twins, and that continued the line. So Jesus came through all that. Interesting. That is very interesting. But then it swaps back to Joseph after that. They just wanted us to know what happened. Okay, so like connect that because there's well, it's a lot of details and stuff. Connect that to Joseph again, just to their brothers clarify. Judah and Joseph are brothers. Yes, yeah. and, and more significant in that, the sons of Jacob, who got his name changed to Israel, became the twelve tribes of Israel later on. Mm-hmm. So Judah was a tribe. Um, you know, Dan was a tribe. Levi was a tribe. Joseph actually didn't get to be a tribe because his two sons. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, but anyway, it was a lot of significance. And then actually later on, Judah would actually become a country, the country of Judah, because they split from Israel at some point. And mm-hmm. we we're getting too far down the line. But actually, when you hear somebody say the word Jews, like call people Jews, that came from Judah because they were from the nation of Judah. So they started calling them Jews. We'll be right back. Head over to our YouTube channel for recipes, podcasts, and now we're even live streaming stuff to give you guys real glimpses into our daily lives. Yikes. You'll also be able to see the podcast behind the scenes and unedited live streams. We've added the first five seasons of the Straight Out of Prison podcast, and even if you've listened to all of them, check out the video format to see pictures behind the scenes and a whole lot more and while you're there please hit the subscribe button it won't cost you anything but it does help us reach our goals to reach a larger audience look up chef james k jones on youtube hit the subscribe button so you never miss a recipe or a podcast For exclusive content, download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions, but all levels have one feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms, and they're completely free from ads. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. It is fascinating that like Jesus came through that line opposed to Joseph's line where Joseph, he was having all those dreams. And obviously this whole family is pretty dang important because a lot of things happen and it feels like start at this family. Yeah. I mean, They're also Judah that you just, you know, explained Jesus coming through. And now we know Joseph, you know, having all those dreams, everyone's bowing down. Things are happening. So but back the, to... But the only person bowing down to him right now in this point in the story is Potiphar's wife. Right. She's ready to do whatever. Does she have a name? Do they ever name her? No. Okay. So Potiphar's wife really wants Joseph. She wants some... As you say, some of the good Hebrew stuff <laughs> to come in her bed. I'm and, just saying, she was obviously older, an older woman. And I don't know if you know this, but older women, if they get the hots for you... They start coming at you, and I just... You don't know if I know that? Well, no. I mean, when you're a girl, you don't really know it, but I've always been very confused and dazed by that fact, like, especially my first couple years out of prison. James thinks that all the older women love him. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm talking about the ones I've been propositioned by, not... Okay. not, not, Not anything else, and I didn't say all older women. I said when there's an older woman that takes a liking to a younger man, they're kind of ruthless and scary. Like, I don't I don't even know how to say it. Like, it's just, it's not a good thing. Because they just, is it like they want to have just sex? They just want to have sex? What else would it be? I don't know. I mean, what else could it be? I'm not an older woman yet. Not quite. I mean, I mean look <laughs> at Demi Moore when she married Ashley Kutcher. It's like, how can that last? And it didn't. I mean, it could. Okay, this is a side note, I know, but a girl I went to college with who's a good friend of mine, yeah. her mom married someone her age, like even a little bit younger, the I think. The daughter's age? The daughter's age. Like, mm-hmm. well, he was like 25, and she was like 55. Oof. And they're still married. Well, that's nice. So that's like 20, I think they just had like 25-year anniversary, something like that. They're still married. So, so she's 75 and he's my age? Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, I don't, I don't see how that could work. Okay, but. And beyond that, for me, like, maybe I shouldn't say this, but there was no, how you say, physical attraction. Yes. To Thank an you for using a, an appropriate <laughs> term for that. Now, that's what always would boggle my mind. Like, why would you even think I would be willing to want to do that? Maybe some younger men are into that. But anyway, we digress. Potiphar's wife really likes Joseph. Yeah. Okay. So. And this goes on and on and on and on. Like okay. she is constantly at him and he seems to be very like wise in the way he's dealing with it. He knows not to like give into it or entertain it or But he, he yeah, not to give into it, but also to not um maybe make her feel bad, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because he's like, "Hey, you know, my master your husband, he has done everything for me. He has given me all this opportunity. He's put me in charge of everything. I'm in charge of everything in his house. There's nothing that I'm not in charge of except for you because you're his wife. And, you know, how could I mess around with you and do that to him after all that he's done to me, done for me? And I could not do this against my God. Like, these are my character, my morals. I could never. Mm-hmm. Because in his age and time that he grew up in, 
adultery was something that you could still get the death penalty for. Yeah. Like they would take you out and kill you. Just like with Judah's daughter-in-law, Tamar, his initial reaction was, bring her to me, I'm going to have her burned at the stake. Because mm-hmm. that was just what they did. So I hear a lot of commentators that talk about how Joseph was just so full of godliness and all that stuff that he just resisted temptation. But there was also a lot of fear that went along with that. Fear from what would happen to you from a spiritual standpoint, that God, you know, how that could be handled. Also, Potiphar was a ruthless man. Like, he had the power of life and death. He was Mm -hmm. like, he could have had him killed. Yeah. So I'm sure it's very admirable that he was had the self-control and the, you know, not given to temptation. But at the same time, there was fear involved in that, too. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he said no, but she really wanted it. Not one time. It was like over and over. Right. I mean, she was like, yeah, she was working on him. She was wearing him out, Mm -hmm. wearing him out, wearing him down. And so finally she hatched a plan. I'm going to have to do something drastic. You know, if you want drastic results, you got I wish y'all could see his head going back and forth. Like, I don't know, like he's a snake or something. No, like she came up with a plan, a plot that yeah. she was going to get what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got to think about it, too. After all, she is the king's wife. He, he, stop. He's not the king. Oh, okay. What is he? He's like a high-ranking general. Okay. Well, anyway. Okay. He's a high-ranking general. So my point is, is that she probably got pretty much anything she wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And... If you study Egyptian uh, culture and history at that time, she probably was a very powerful woman in her own right for mm-hmm. Potiphar to marry her. Right. It probably wasn't that she was some weak and demure, like, Egyptian wife. It, it sounded like she was, she had her own stuff going on. Yeah. And contrary to a lot of the other cultures, Egyptians valued women. It wasn't a, maybe not like the Equal Rights Amendment, but they valued women more than other cultures did. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Not not totally like we do now, but right. more so than that. So she she was probably not uh, passive. Okay, we got that. And she was the the mistress of a very powerful household, apparently, because they had servants and they had all this stuff going on, and you know her husband was the general and you know mm-hmm. running running things. But uh, she came to a place where. She had to get what she wanted, so she figured out a way to have the whole house emptied out. So when Joseph came in the house, nobody was in the house except for him and her. So she was like, I'm to the end of this. I'm, I'm We're going to get the deed done. We're going to do the thing. And she basically like came at him and almost like tried to rape him, like force him into doing the thing with her. But it said that— Having sex. Yeah. <laughs> But that he was kind of caught off guard, kind of shocked, but that he was trying to resist her and couldn't get away from her because she was like coming at him and wouldn't let go of him, that he had to actually pull himself out of his robe to get away from her. And then he ran away and was like, I'm not, I'm not going down this road. We're not doing it. But guess what happened to her after he did that? After she went through all that and all the turndowns and all the things, and now she's standing there holding his robe. She lost her mind. Like, she went crazy. Like, if you hear the story, I used to hear people would say that in the Bible it says, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Mm -hmm. And that's actually not actually in the Bible, but it probably came from this because she lost her mind after that, after she was rejected by him and after over and over and over, he told her he didn't want, he wasn't going to be doing that with her, that... I mean, yeah, there's... I, I can just see how, like, that it probably, she probably felt very rejected. Yeah, which is and not, stupid. She probably felt stupid. Yeah, too. yeah. I know I would. Like, if you go through all that and it still didn't work out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of trying to go after him again, she uh, 
crafted up a story, called all the servants, started screaming and carrying on, hollering and, you know, called everybody to her. And she said, I was in here, you know, minding my own business, drinking my mint julep tea. And the, the Hebrew servant that my husband brought in here came here and tried to rape me. And I resisted him and he ran off when he heard me screaming, he ran off and I, I kept his robe. So she set him up. Basically. So she's lying. Yeah. She's saying that he came on to her. She's basically just getting revenge. Yeah. Big time revenge. Yeah. So she, I can't have you, but now you ain't going to be here no more. Right. So you got to go. So then what happened? Well, they waited on Potiphar to get home. When he came home, they told him what happened. She told him what happened. And then, you know, of course, she started blaming it on him. Potiphar, this is all your fault. You know, you brought this Hebrew up in my house, and look what he did. He tried to rape me. So then even he feels bad, probably. Not only is he mad, he feels bad like it's his fault. Yeah, well, that's that's a way of uh, diverting responsibility, like when you get caught doing something. Yeah. If you can find somebody else to blame. Right. I despise that. I hate that. But, but I mean, that's human nature. So what did he do? He had Joseph put in prison. So Joseph has gone from daddy's baby, dreaming about everybody bowing down <laughs> to him, to now he's in an Egyptian prison for something he didn't do, but he's in there nonetheless. Kind of like I used to tell you, when you're once you're in prison, we'll ask people what they're in there for, because we're all there. We all got a sentence. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have his like head chopped off or something. Well, then. In, in studying this out and studying out the culture, if Potiphar's wife was a shady lady, like it seems that she was, this probably wasn't the first time something like that happened, and he probably didn't fully believe her story. If he had him, he would have had Joseph killed. Yeah. Like Joseph, he wouldn't have just had him put in prison. He would have had him killed. But uh, maybe he just had to do what he had to do. Yeah. So, okay, so he got put in prison. Does it say anything about how Joseph reacted to that? Like, did he try to deny it or anything? Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah. Okay. I mean, what would you say? I didn't do that. She was coming at me. I mean. So it's just his word against hers. Yeah. And there were the only two people in the house, so there was nobody that could validate either right, way. So right. It was uh, this game over for Joseph. Poor guy. All right, so... So now what? So he's in prison just forever, just there you go, stay there. Well, you didn't have like a, a constitutional right back in those days. It was up to the king and up to whoever put you there, so... Well, I'm waiting for you to tell me what happened and how long did he have to stay? Like, what what happened next? Well, I think that needs to be the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we're already... <laughs> I'm very curious, though. I mean, I guess I could just go read my Bible, but... <laughs> we're already to the end. I, I mean, that's the whole episode in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. But Joseph found himself in prison. He was waiting to see what was going to happen, and um, it looked like a lot of misery for him. I Basically, mean, he's the underdog. I feel like I need to start chanting, Joseph, Joseph, <laughs> or yeah. pray for him or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's being locked up is rough, but being locked up for something that you didn't do and you know you didn't do it. Yeah would probably be a thousand times rougher because mm-hmm. at least like when I got locked up at least I could say well you did it to yourself or right like my uncle told me you know you want to dance you got to pay the fiddler yeah uh, don't be whining about it now figure it out mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh that's where we will leave him off in this story and we'll pick it up next week all right I like this it's exciting it's because we talked about sex well there was a lot of sex talk. <laughs> a lot of like Things I didn't expect, didn't know, I guess. Well, it's Especially with the Judah inserts. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Okay, it might be like a teenager. You are. She's. If y'all are here, you see she's blushing. Like, oh, okay. Gosh. You never heard about sex before? Your mom didn't have to talk with you, the birds and the bees and the flowers and them trees? That was a long time ago. Yes, so. All right, guys. See you next time. Right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co. Click the Join Forces button. We've redesigned our media kit with some exciting new details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email Haley at teamjones.co. And for exclusive content, download the Patreon app and look up Team Jones Media. You'll find many levels of subscriptions. All levels have one cool feature. You'll get early access to all of our podcast platforms and they're completely free from ads the best way to support us is by telling your friends and family about the podcast other ways to support us is by liking and sharing the podcast and giving us a review or follow us on social media facebook instagram tiktok youtube and more and that's too much to mention here so we'll put it all in the show notes for you our youtube channel is now streaming the straight out of prison podcast and even if you've listened to every episode check out the video format to see behind the scenes pictures and a whole lot more it really makes the story come to life in a whole new way and while you're there hit the subscribe button please hit that subscribe button it's 100 free won't cost you anything but it will help us reach our goals to reach a larger audience look up chef james k jones on youtube hit the subscribe button so you never miss a recipe or a podcast please support our sponsors they help us provide you this platform for free thank you for your support and thank you for being a part of our story
Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Written and produced by the Team Jones Company. Yours truly, James and Haley Jones. If you're interested in advertising with us, head over to teamjones.co and click the Join Forces button. We've redesigned our media kit with some exciting new details. If you'd like more information about being a sponsor, email me, Haley, Haley at teamjones.co. That's not .com. The best way to support us is by telling your friends and family about the podcast. Other ways to support us is by liking and sharing the podcast and giving us a review. Well, as long as you think we did good. (laughs) Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for all your support, all your encouragement, and thank you for being a part of our story. All right, guys, y'all show some love to the sponsors of the Straight Out of Prison podcast. Our friend Keely Brown runs her family-owned HVAC Home and Commercial Services. Is your system ready for the summer? Schedule a system checkup or reprogram your thermostat. They offer residential and commercial, at home or at work. They really do what they say, and they say what they do. Our family serving your family has been their core value since day one. Their founder and owner, Mr. Robert Holland, made sure the foundation of home and commercial services was and is integrity. Now, remember, Haley, we, we catered an event last December where he was a part of the group that we were feeding. But it was interesting to learn that when he was a young man, when he first started in the HVAC business, Mr. Holland actually got in trouble with, for not adding new parts that the people didn't need. And they were like, why didn't you sell the parts? And he was like, because I could fix them. And they were like, no, no, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like, you just got to put new parts. And he was like, but they didn't need new parts. And it bugged him so much that he went out and started his own business. And that's the foundation of home and commercial services. And we can attest to that personally. I mean, they've done so much stuff for us. It's crazy. I love that story. And I think it speaks to, obviously, his integrity and what he's built his business on that integrity. Right now, the most economical service they offer is their annual residential service agreement. For $150, you'll get two annual checkups, and that's for one system. If if it's an additional system, it's 25% off. Anyways, the annual contract includes priority service, normal rates for after-hour service, 10% discount on any repairs, and a 5% discount on any new installations. It's a good deal especially with the heat of the summer coming. Home and Commercial Services works on all name brands of heating and air conditioning units, gas furnaces, heat pumps, walk-in coolers, and smart thermostats. No job is too big or too small. Call or text Keeley at 205-798-0635. Or you can email at office at hollandhcs.com. You can look up Holland Home and Commercial Services on Instagram for daily tips and more. Or you can check out their website, hollandhcs.com. We have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast, Lynn and Debbie Hurst, who own Hurst Towing and Recovery in Fultondale and Hayden, Alabama. They serve the Jefferson, Blunt, and surrounding counties. They tow light and heavy-duty vehicles, and they're always there to help. We wouldn't call anybody else. We would never call anybody else, and that's a fact. Would you like to work for an amazing company that treats their employees like family? The Hearst are hiring. Full and part-time positions. Give them a call today. Hearst Towing is there 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They've been in our area since January of 1987. They have a heart to serve and they love making an impact in the communities they grew up in. The Hearst definitely make a difference in our world. And they have definitely made a difference in our lives. Dispatchers are always ready to receive calls at 205-631-8697. That is 205-631-TOES. T-O-W-S. <laughs> you, get, you get me every time I with the toes. <laughs> <laughs>
Or check out their website at hearsttowing.com. Now, y'all know James from the podcast, but he also is an amazing cook and private chef. I can attest to that personally. I've had many years of experience in food, just working in, managing, and even owning a couple restaurants. One of his greatest passions is preparing delicious food. You know, if somebody's going through something or through a hard time and you don't know what to do, you can always cook for them. Head over to ChefJamesKJones.com to join our email list. Once you do that, you can stay updated on everything that we're doing.